Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Go 24-7 podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me on this Sunday afternoon is Shay Dixon. Shay, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Stayed up late last night reading the boards and woke up early this morning and started getting people calling, asking what I'm hearing, and now here we are. Made some posts, hung out with the folks on the Death Valley board. Uh, I think it's fun. Everyone's gone from full melt and i think that as they hit about lunchtime they're they're starting to come back around now to all right let's move let's let's move forward who's it going to be if it's not if it's not riley as people sort of presumed oh yeah oh yeah we got plenty of coaching search to talk about um we'll we'll cover that uh plenty from our last podcast which was on what tuesday of last week wednesday of last week whenever that was um first we're going to talk about the lsu versus texas a&m game real briefly probably five to ten minutes on it just give our overall thoughts because it was a really fun game and it ended up uh, being LSU winning 27 to 24. And I thought going into the last drive, uh, well, LSU had 84 yards in the second half going into that last drive and they obviously started that. And they obviously started at the 15 and I turned to Glenn, Glenn West. And I was like, what do you think the odds are that they score here? He said, is zero an option? I was like, yes, it's definitely an option. I said, I'll go with 2%. 2% chance they score on this drive. And lo and behold, they go down the field. Max Johnson hits a couple passes and then hits Jerry Jenkins on the sideline for a touchdown. And they end up beating the Aggies. And, I mean, the place was – was it was a fun environment. A play, team – you could tell the fans were taking it for what it is, right? It was a senior night. It was Ed O'Dron's last game. Um, they were sending off 19 seniors. I mean, and it was Texas A&M and nobody likes Texas A&M. So they end up getting the win and I had a lot of fun watching it and covering it. I know it's not the center point of the story for a lot of fans or of the night for a lot of fans, but it was still a fun game nonetheless. Uh, yeah. And boy, kudos to, well, let's say this shout out to coach O the man was having a blast out there. Uh, I think what, it was the play to Trey Palmer when they scored the touchdown where he started celebrating when Trey like broke free of sort of the, that I think it was like a screen type play wide receiver yeah. screen and he breaks free and it's clear. He's about to turn on the jets. He starts celebrating and he was still just going nuts after the extra pointy. I mean, it was a good one minute celebration. And then we saw him after the game, he was having a blast. He had a great time at his press conference um, I think you can tell for him, he's glad that the whole month and a half is over, you know, that he's not having to answer questions anymore about, you know, the decision and his future and all that. And as he said, he's off to Destin. I think he's, it, it came, I looked at you in the press con- conference and he said, we're headed to Destin. I was like, I think he means right now, like, yeah, we're and we're there by 2am and we're on the beach at 7am. Um, so I'm glad he got to go out with a win. That's obviously good for him. A couple of wins beat ULM last week. I mean, they 
since the bye week, golly, they played such great defense. Um, all the, and you say Durante Jones, but everyone on the defensive side, from coaches to analysts to players, deserves some credit because they were down so many guys there, but they were playing their best football of the year. Uh, as O said many times over that stretch, he wishes they would have, you know, made those adjustments or, or come with that approach from the start, playing in the 3 4 and, and bringing pressure like they have. But, um, you know, what can you say, La Vie type situation? But uh, good to see the D playing well. Uh, shout out to Orgeron, but shout out to the seniors. I mean, you think about Andre Anthony, Glenn Logan, Cam Lewis. Those are guys who have been here six years. Then you get into the Austin Deculus. I mean, last night he played, uh, started, and now has more games played than anyone in the history of LSU's program. And he talked about how much that meant to him. And you saw guys like Damone, I mean, making up, making huge plays at the end of the game and running to the student section right after and pumping them up. And his mom's in the front row with her Damone Clark, big fat head sign, waving it everywhere. And, you know, it just, it felt good to see all those guys get to have that moment because you don't want your last memory of senior night and all that to be losing. I mean, nobody wants that. And their last memory, as they said, is winning, winning a rivalry game, beating A&M, you know, going out on top with, uh, with their brothers, sending Coach O, uh, you know, out on top, you know, winning at the end. And, uh, it was good to see. And I think that people will also uh, and Dre Jenkins, like you're talking about Dre Jenkins, a kid who and he's talked about this a lot in the past couple of years, how rough it's been for him. He lost his mom and you could just tell he's worn his, his emotions on his sleeve. He had that huge three touchdown game against Florida. But that night when he had three touchdowns, he had 50 total yards. I think it was. It was like yeah. just always sort of red zone type quick touchdowns and and then last night, he uh, he obviously has a huge game. Best game of his career. First game over 100 yards receiving uh, and the game-winning touchdown. And, boy, shout out Max Johnson, who I would say that the two touchdowns to – they're both to Dre, right? The one in the first half, the deep ball, yeah. and then the one at the end were probably two of the better deep balls Max has thrown. I mean, both of them hit Dre in stride right here on the hands. Like, no – no reaching out for it, no slowing down and, and messing up your stride. Um, some big plays, that last one in OT when he hits Besh, obviously, for the fourth down, and Besh is like heads up dragging a dude from midfield all the way to the sideline to try to get him out of bounds and stop the clock. Uh, it was cool to see. We were on the field level for that, but it was like final yeah. five minutes. So it was fun watching that unfold. They were going nuts whenever Jure scored. Uh, I think you and I had plenty of Gatorade thrown uh, onto us or near us, uh, despite us not being involved in any of uh, the celebrations. So from strength staff, I mean, you were down there, you saw it, Maddie B. It was almost like a weight had been lifted that they were like, Bama, Arkansas, um, you know, these games, they were so close to winning and then just, it was for not. And then for them to come back at the very end and not, you know, it felt like they'd given the game away and then you steal it back. Uh, in the final seconds, it was it was cool to see. I, I'm really glad uh, for all the seniors, for O, for the staff that uh, their final memory of the season is one like that. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, this team could have very easily just let the pressure of of another <laughs> fallen season. They could have let the Ed Orgeron situation really just hover over them. But I'm 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 really happy for them because the, with the way that this team, what they had to go through last year, and then what the expectations were coming to this year to fall short of that, but then to not give up and to take those gut punches, like you said, and to come back and beat A and M at the end, and it's an A and M team that, albeit I don't think is that good, but still it's an A and M team that is capable, obviously, of beating Alabama, an A and M team that ends up 
uh, going eight and four on the year. So it's an SEC team nonetheless, and you had to play well to beat them. And I think Max Johnson played arguably his best game of the season, best game of maybe his best game of his career. I mean, obviously a couple games last year were solid, but the way he was able to throw the ball, and I, again, credit the offensive line as well for giving him some time in the pocket. I thought he handled it really well, and he threw well under pressure. So a uh, big win. Ty Davis-Price is the hammer that he's been the entire season, 19 carries for 84 yards. Not going to blow anybody away, but he had a couple first down runs that were really, really important. And I, I'm just – and then you look at the defense side of the ball, and you're like, yeah, the defensive line just continues to do what they've done. I mean – up front, Glenn Logan, Neil Farrell, uh, Jaqueline Roy, who you got on the list, and you're just like, these guys make life easier on everybody else. And Damone Clark is able to take advantage of that. Uh, Mike Jones, I thought, was flying around there uh, in, in his snaps. And so just a really, really good game all around. And I'm, like I said, I'm happy for the guys that, even though a lot of fans and a lot of people will be like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't matter if you go to a bowl game. It doesn't matter if you don't. They played hard, and now they're getting to go to a bowl game, and we'll see where that is. We'll see how that plays out. I have no idea, but, you know, it's a good good result. And I'm pretty sure 13 SEC teams yeah, I saw that. are bowl eligible, and there's not that many tie-ins. It's up there. Yeah, 13. Let's see. Yeah, they're just going to start. I feel like they're just going to start throwing. I mean, because I think after the, like, six tie-ins or seven, eight tie-ins, whatever it is, they're just going to start placing teams wherever they can go. Right. And so I feel like it's just going to be kind of, I don't know about random, but, you know, I have no idea where they're going to go or where they could go. Yeah, and from talking to people last night after the game, when they won and became bowl eligible, folks around LSU didn't anticipate knowing where they would be going until Sunday, or, like, you know, next Sunday, which next would be Sunday. after conference championships. Obviously, the conference titles won't matter, but in terms of all the bowls being slotted out, you know, they're, they're a six and six team. They're on the back end of it. Like we said, there's 13 SEC teams. So there's going to have to be some real shuffling in terms of placing everyone, including maybe into bowl games that are not typically locked, you know, locked in as SEC guaranteed games. So um, I don't know. I, I'm with you. I don't know where they're going to end up playing, but um, on LSU's end, there wasn't an expectation that they would know for sure until next weekend. So bowl wise, we'll figure that out a week from now. So yeah. I guess stay tuned in, until then. I'm yeah. sure there's some people on here that are rooting for Shreveport. They could, uh, they could probably love let North Louisiana have some LSU love. They, they're the forgotten ones. It's often South Louisiana. So I would love it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's make it happen. Um, last question before we kind of move on to the coaching search. Do we feel like most of the team is going to be uh, in it for the bowl game. Do we feel like there's going to be some players that maybe opt out or anything like that? I don't know if opt out the right word, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, you'd have to think of the, like, it seemed pretty consistent, right? Of the guys who played sort of after the bye week, like after, oh, the, yeah. when the announcement was made, like after the bye week, even till now, the guys who were playing were available. I'd assume they would still be out there. I'd be curious of guys like, you know, Sage, Mason Smith, uh, Dion Smith, there are a lot of guys who at times were kind of viewed as like, maybe they could come back by the end of the year. And, but then, you know, they weren't, you know, if they've got an extra few weeks, would they be back out there? So you kind of almost wonder if they would have more players available than they had like to finish the season against A&M. But I wouldn't be able to say for sure. Um, but boy, yeah, yeah. Low, uh, they've been playing low on scholarship numbers in the back end. So you can't really afford to have too many guys decide, Hey, I'm not playing in it. But even then think about it, like seniors or guys, you'd be like, Oh, that guy's going pro or whatever. Like Stingley's already injured and, and out and not playing. Like 
guys like Glenn Logan, Deculus, Neil Farrell, those guys are just going to want to keep playing because it's one more game. I don't think they view it as, oh, I need to sit out and save yeah. from the stock. Yeah, I like a Damone Clark I'm interested yeah, in. Right. I, really, I mean, that, like you said, the, since the bye week, it's felt like the same team every week. And that's been right. a different feeling. That you know, the first however many weeks, seven, eight weeks of the season, it was like, all right, we don't know who's in, who's out, who's injured, who's not. Since the bye week, it's felt like all right, every single game, it's these guys are at least gonna try to play, or these guys are at least available. And so, um, I wouldn't expect that to change too much for the bowl game. I just wanted to ask because I'm gonna be curious to see how it plays out. All right, Shay, let's let's talk about the coaching search. You've been. On your phone. This podcast was supposed to happen like two hours ago, and you've had me at the altar, standing here waiting with my microphone. That's, that's a phrase that's being thrown around too much right now. We've got to stay oh. away from left at the altar. <laughs> well, you you've been on the phone. You on it last night. I mean, well, and then it was obviously uh, Lincoln Riley took center stage last night, saying, "I will not be the head coach at LSU." So. I want you to kind of lay it out and then I'll kind of go back and forth from there. All right. Well, if anybody is a first time podcast listener, then you're not hip to this. Uh, and, and I won't catch you up because you should be hip to it. But Maddie B is the foremost authority in rating denials from head coaches. Did you see the video from Lincoln though? I, mean, I, didn't, I didn't see it. I okay. didn't see it. it. The body language was still upset about the loss, but it was, he cut off the reporter. The reporter never even says LSU. He just says, there's so many rumors out there. Lincoln says, let me cut you off right there. I'm not going to be the next head coach at LSU. Next question. And then he looks back down, just like shaking his head. I took it as a strong denial. It's not my common, uh, but strong. On a scale of one to 10, where is it at? I thought it was an eight. It was like a, a solid eight. I thought he kept it short and sweet. You know, where you can get tripped up is what did you give Jimbo's denial? Because sometimes if you ramble on for two minutes, you lose the the emphasis of it. I thought yeah. he had a good Mike Tomlin. It went for about a minute, but he also stormed off afterwards. Solid approach. Lincoln just did the like five seconds of like, boom, I'm not going to LSU. Next question. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. Okay. Um, and here we go. Yeah, he just looks well. Obviously, he's sad from the loss. Yes, he's sad. He's, he's dejected in all of this. Hold up, hold up, hold on. Oh yeah, <laughs> he looks okay. I take him by that one. That I buy that. That's a that's a that's an eight and a half for me. Okay, that's an eight and a half. Um, just because after a loss, you know, the emotions are kind of different. So he didn't need to like flip a table or anything for me. Very no. good. Yeah, it might be a that might be a wrap. And in the coaching denial world, there's a lot of things you can say, but he pretty much just said, like, I'll circle the school by name and say I'm not going there, and that's then I'm going to be like, that's the last time you're asking me that. That's a solid approach, right? I mean, that's yeah. – I'm taking him at his word there. Yeah, Exactly, exactly. So coming off of that, I mean, we'll look at, you know, future whatever candidates or whatever, but now just looking at the landscape of things, talking – assuming – Lincoln Riley's off the table. Billy Napier, before, right before this podcast, um, is apparently going to Florida. I mean, it's all but all but signed. Uh, Aranda signs extension. Tucker signed, or or I'm sorry, Aranda hasn't signed the extension. Right. right. Yeah, he haven't heard anything about Aranda signing. Just that exactly. They're exactly. working on a new contract for him. Exactly, working on a new contract for him. 
Tucker has signed the extension, correct? Yep. Um, Franklin. And then Franklin signed the extension. Uh, Campbell is being linked to the USC job heavily, but that's, you know, that can come and go or whatever. That's, and then Jimbo, it doesn't, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about Jimbo. So that's why I'll leave that to you. But well, other than and, that, and, go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say with Jimbo, it was from the start. We knew if it's a Scott Woodward search, it's going to involve Jimbo. He's the last coach that he hired. Jimbo's got no buyout. Jimbo's in the SEC West. So like a number of reasons that you would believe if you're just like a fan who knows nothing and look, and I'll repeat this and I'll probably say it a few more times in this podcast. I'm not trying to be out here pretending like I know anything because I'm working under this presumption that Scott Woodward has kept things tight lipped to where only a few people really know what's going on. And, and I've shared different pieces of, of what I've gotten on the board, but even like you, people say boosters or high level boosters or people around administration, like there's people that you you can talk to and that will know stuff about, you know, the new OC who might be getting five, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying right now, but like in the past, like who a new hire is going to be at a coordinator or a position coach, or, you know, this coach isn't going to be retained. Or if it's, you know, a high level booster might know something about, about a five-star recruit. Hey, look, we're actually really secretly in this and, and keep an eye on it with this. Even those guys and girls have, have told me and expressed, Hey, look, I've been trying to pry anything out of Woodward and he won't give me anything. He won't even give me a name. So I do believe that only a handful of people really know what's going on here. And I'm not trying to pretend to be one of them. Now I can get little pieces more so about things that it's not or who it might not be. Like early on, I said, like, I don't think it'll be someone like Elaine Kiffin. And I, don't, I think Lane's a great coach, but I just don't think that the two sides were going to come together here. And we, you know, been a month and a half now. We've heard no Lane Kiffin smoke. There hasn't been any sort of report tying him to him. So I believe certain things where I get up, it's probably not this person or whatever. And when the the Lincoln stuff, if I could like pinpoint when it started heating up was last Tuesday publicly when everyone was sort of going, reading different tea leaves or saying, hey, I heard from a booster this, that Riley was the guy and that it was everything from people trying to tell me there was a memorandum of understanding to me reading what people are writing and posting and sharing on Twitter about done deal. He's on his way. Doesn't matter if they win or lose he's in, but I kind of get one source who is a trusted source. And again, it's not so much. I can, I've been getting these like scoops on, Oh, these are the guys or any of that. I'm not trying to claim that, yeah. but that it was said, Hey, look, just be careful with don't ever get yourself into this is just smart business if you're trying to cover any coaching search don't ever say any done deal any of that until the coaches actually signed a contract i mean that's level one we're dealing with high level coaching positions money uh agents at play so it's all i mean half of it 80 percent of it is smoke i mean and especially if woodward's keeping it tight-lipped i have to even go through everything questioning what's real and what's not uh, just like fans do. And, and when they're reading it, consuming it. So I'm operating under that Woodward is keeping the super tight lift. Now the person was saying, Hey, look, just don't, don't take yourself too far down that Lincoln road. What everyone's saying out there doesn't exactly match up to what's going on behind the scenes. And it was almost tough to even believe it because then it was, but I'm seeing all this smoke everywhere, right? Like if there's all this smoke, there's gotta be something to it from talking more to people this morning who were able to shed a little bit more light on things. Now that Lincoln's even come out and said, Hey, look, I'm not going to LSU. 
was that, yes, LSU and Lincoln, there were contact, you know, whether that's through agent or third party, whatever, but that they were contacted and trying to gauge what Lincoln thought of the job. Here's what money would look like. Here's, you know, what we'd, we'd be offering. And that's like not a surprise. Anyone would believe that because Lincoln is one of the top five or six coaches in the country who's had, who's got experience, who's had his team in the playoffs, who's got a great offense. Like if you're not inquiring to see if he'd have some interest, then it would be shocking, right? Like everyone would think Woodward would at least want to see what he's got to say, right? You've got to bet him or, or see if he'd have any interest. And, and the source said, yeah, look, all that is true, but it didn't happen on the timeline that people were saying. And it certainly didn't get as far along as a memorandum of understanding or it was done and he was on his way. And, and as I kind of put it on the board, if it's not Lincoln today, then it wasn't Lincoln yesterday. And it wasn't probably Lincoln all week because Lincoln didn't like coach in the game and then afterwards decide like, oh, wait, I'm going to change my mind now. And I'm going to say right now for the first time, I'm not going to LSU. And then I'll have to backtrack on everything else I did uh, to set myself up for this new job. I think that early on they had talks. And from what I've gathered, and this is what we heard from the OU side. And remember, Woodward viewed as a top notch AD. Joe Castiglione at OU is probably viewed as the best AD in the country. These two aren't going to sit around doing some back and forth for a coach over a month. Woodward reached out. And I think, and this like, again, people on the OU side, OU side said this, the feeling was if Lincoln's leaving OU, he's going to take an NFL head coaching job. I'm not saying that it's going to happen right now, but if he's going to make a move now or down the line, even people in Norman have always said it would be for the OU job. And that's not like a big stretch. I did an article midway through November and it just sort of pointed out the reality of like where the top 15, 20 teams in college football get their head coaches very rarely. And Jimbo is really the only one. And then you'd have to start going back into past 10, 15 years when a power five coach at a big school left to be the power five head coach of another really big school. It just doesn't happen. There's only two yeah. in the top 25 right now. And that's Mel Tucker and Paul Christ. Well, they were at, Colorado and Pitt, and they went to Michigan State and Wisconsin. Like Colorado and Pitt aren't great jobs. Yes, it's Power Five, but they moved up. OU and LSU are sort of viewed in that same lens. I mean, we can sit here and argue, oh, LSU is a better job. Well, it's not that much bigger of a leap for him. He's at a school right now where he's about to be in the SEC. He's already competing for playoffs every year. He had won the Big 12 championship in all four years he's been there. So it, like, to even think that the Riley thing was going to be pulled off would take a huge like coup that'd be a massive coup for Woodward I'm not saying he couldn't do it I'm not saying any of that I'm just saying it seemed from the start that something like that would be you know it would be tough to do in the same way of people saying well you can't get Saban well you're not going to get Kirby well I think people just sort of circled Lincoln as well he's the one guy in the top five that didn't go to the college that he's coaching at and is young and could maybe fit the role of this and to me, looking back and look, I'm going to say all this and probably watch that Lincoln's going to end up being the head coach, but then everybody would just celebrate. But I almost feel like that the Lincoln stuff became manifested by, and people would say, well, I heard it from a high level booster. Well, I, I know boosters who are telling me I'm hearing it's Lincoln. And when I'm trying to dig on who told you that it's, well, well, I heard it from another booster. Well, who did that booster hear it from? Because if Scott and them aren't telling anybody and I've got boosters out there who are well-known people that yeah. said, look, I eat lunch with Scott every other week. He ain't telling me nothing. So who is he telling out there? I can't believe any of that. So yeah. I almost felt like it manifested itself when people said he's being mentioned. 
it's clear that of these, if he's going to harpoon a whale, it's been like the internet term of like one of these five or six, you know, one of the big head coaches. Well, that's the one guy you could go kind of like circle and say, like I said, well, he didn't go to that college. He, you know, is he really tied to OU? Because you can kind of quickly move past Saban or Kirby or, you know, Ryan Day or guys like that um, and say, all right, well, you get to Lincoln and maybe I can convince myself that if there's this much smoke out there that it's true. And I sort of feel like it just kept going and piling on and piling on. Then it got to the point where people were like, all the recruits are being told it's Lincoln. No, they trust me, they weren't. I I know plenty of the recruits. I know a lot of their parents. All of them are sitting around saying, that ain't true. I'm reading on my phone that all the recruits are being told, well, that's funny. I'm one of the better recruits in the class and they aren't telling me anything. So it's like just took on a complete life of its own. That's what happens when a fan base is hungry to find out who the next head coach is. And you would get excited over someone like Lincoln. I totally get it. Like I, we did our rankings. I put Lincoln number one on who I would go after. We all did. Yeah. I think he's a great coach and and obviously that'd be a great hire. So it's no surprise that LSU and Lincoln, you know, had talks or that Scott Woodward would gauge interest. It's no surprise that the fans would want him. It's no surprise that fans would be upset when they find out they're not getting him. I just don't think it ever got to the point of how much the smoke got this past week, which is clear now. People were saying it's done. He'll be in Baton Rouge on Sunday and Monday or Monday, whatever. And yeah. that, you know, it doesn't even matter if they win. He's not even going to coach in the conference championship. It's over with. It's sealed. Woodward got his guy. It wasn't Lincoln. And, and I think I can look back on it now. We all can and say, man, we that stuff got out of hand quick. And people will say, well, why didn't Woodward go out there and, and squash it all? This just makes LSU look bad. And now everybody's out there saying LSU can't get their guy. One, it's not Woodward's job to go out there and be managing with the message we are also running with. Um, if he's getting paid what he is to be the LSU AD and he's sitting around worried about what's happening on the message boards, I'd have some real room for concern. Yeah. Two, we don't know what Woodward's doing. Like maybe the hire is not someone who's like, okay, well, that doesn't move the meter for me. Well, great. Well, but judge it when it happens because right now you're living in this world where you can get on Twitter, you can get on social media, you get on Facebook, and people are saying, well, LSU ain't the job they thought it was. They can't get anyone. Mel Tucker's already signed a contract. Franklin signed a contract. You know, all, just yeah. how these agents get paid a lot of money to get themselves into the mix for these type of jobs and get their guys paid. That's what their job is. So I'd tell everyone, and I have, that, and I'm not going to do this whole, like, trust Woodward thing because I don't know who Woodward's hiring. I can't tell you that it's going to be some out-of-the-park hire, but – Someone said it on our board. I wish I could give him a shout out. A number of people said this. It's not like trust Woodward of like, I'm just telling you, look, he's going to do a bit like he's going to harpoon this whale. It's the only option you have right now. Woodward's in charge of the search and he's not telling anybody else who he's after. So there's nothing anybody can do right now other than just if you're an LSU fan hoping it works out well is having faith that your AD who was brought here to make this kind of hire is going to make a hire that, you know, puts the program back on the right trajectory, that they're competing for championships every year, that it's run well from within, that you're doing well in recruiting, that your roster isn't falling apart with guys transferring and opting out and all of this. That's all on Woodward. And whoever he sees as the guy that's going to be the best fit to do that or whomever he can find, I'm sure he thinks a lot of people could do it, maybe a, a group of guys, but whoever he does settle on or, or get to or, or gets a yes from, then we'll be able to either criticize it or praise it or break it down 
then, but until then, everyone's sort of just freaking out over something that hasn't even happened yet. And again, did Lincoln Riley say no to LSU? Well, yeah, in the simplest terms, yeah. If he's staying at Oklahoma and LSU reached out, you don't have to say they ever put out an offer. I've said that a million times. The only official offer that's going to go out is to the person who's going to turn around and sign it right then. You don't offer someone who's not going to sign it right then. He can, LSU can express interest. He can say, I'm staying. Yeah. That's it. It's not, that's not the end of the world. I just don't think that timeline happened to where that's what Woodward was doing Like for the past month and a half. He was just sitting around with Lincoln Riley and his agents and Castiglione doing some back and forth that ultimately resulted in immediately after their loss, Riley being like, no, I'm not going to LSU. Like clearly that one had been pushed off to the side from Lincoln and probably then from LSU's end way before Saturday night, which leads me to believe it was way before last week. Yeah. All that was, I mean, again, from my perspective, being on the board, being on Twitter, being on social media, all that stuff, it's a rumor that people liked and people were getting really impatient. The impatient. Yeah, no, it's a great rumor. I love Lincoln. I I wanted Lincoln to be the coach. (laughs) Me me too. Me too. It was just like the impatience was just ratcheting up. I mean, and with the end of the season in sight, it was like, it has to be here. It has to be here. Cause when, cause people thought, and I, you know, I, this is my first, you know, real coaching search here, but people think with the Ogeron being, with Ogeron being fired in the middle of the season, a hiring should have been in line today or tomorrow. And the only smoke we had heard really to this point with all the, you know, contract extensions and everything and all the denials was Lincoln really. So People went with that and said, all right, season's over on Saturday. So on Sunday or Monday, what do we have to go with? Like we know or we don't, we don't know, but they were saying, we know someone's going to be hired within a couple of days. And the only name we've heard that LSU has talked to is Lincoln Riley. So they tried to put two and two together and equal four, but it doesn't equal four. And that's what I think the most interesting thing is. And it's also interesting just to watch people just react to wanting to know things that, don't exist and that's been the funnest part of it for me is watching that all unfold on twitter to where they're just things are being made up at that point it's not that fun my see i love to that uh like i'll read on the board or or whatever and people will be like don't listen to shay he doesn't know anything about the search no that's i'm glad people are listening now that's exactly the point i'm trying to get across i have no clue what they're doing i don't want anyone to think that either so I like it when people are like, Shay doesn't know anything. Yes, that's what I've been trying to tell you all about this. Only a few people know, and those people aren't talking, and they're 100% not going to tell me. That would, if you're trying to keep something quiet, don't tell me. I work in the media and I have a message board and a podcast. I'll just go on there and start hinting at it. So, like I said, I'm more so just being able to get like, do you think an announcement will come Sunday? No, don't expect that. Do you, from LSU's in? Is it this guy? No, he'd be pretty further down the list. And with the Lincoln stuff last week, it was even tough for me to believe. But the person was saying, you don't take yourself too far down that hole. I, I think people are chasing something that's not really there right now. And yeah. even then, it's like, OK, but if it's not there right now, could it be there by Friday? Could it be there by Saturday? Are they in, you know, in talks? And yeah. like I said, now I think we can look back at it and say, yeah, for sure, LSU and Lincoln were had talks at some point in the process, but it probably wasn't going up through this past week like everybody sort of presumed. And and again, you're right. If you like I've seen now national media be like, well, if if Scott Woodward or Fellowshoe and Woodward decided to fire O midseason, 
then they need to have their head coach lined up the day after the season and announce it. And if they didn't, that means they whiffed. Well, that's like, again, that's trying to say two and two gets to four. And that just can't, you don't know if that's true because you don't know who would retiring. So a, I would say two, if he wanted to move on from Ed Orgeron, which is clear he did, he made the decision to part ways with him paying $17 million. He was doing it mid-season because if you don't, you run the risk of this being a less Miles situation where all of a sudden they win some games on the back end and everyone's like, whoa, they're nine and three. You can't fire Coach O. And then Scott Woodward's thinking, well, I should have done it mid-season. If I don't think he's the guy moving forward, and that's he's the AD. If he doesn't think the football coach is the guy moving forward, that's his call. He's the one who has to go get $17 million. He's the one who has to go get the new head coach. He's the one who has to make sure the, the football program is on stable footing. And so I think that's why you do it midseason. You don't do it midseason and then say, and no doubt the Sunday after I'll have my coach announced because we don't know if that coach is in a conference title game. We don't know if that coach is in the NFL right now. We don't know if that coach's season is over, but he's not ready to for it to be public or he's got to get things done on, on his end now with telling people on his, whatever. There's so many things it could be as to why they're not announcing it Sunday. And that's just the reality of us not knowing what's going on. And, and again, we can you can criticize the timeline all you want once you know who the hire is. But until then, it's tough if you're knocking it or, or even pray. We don't know anything. Praising it, knocking it. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So it's tough to make any real assessment of where they're at right now. Yeah, I think you worded it great. Um, Some but- people would say that was too many words, as a lot of people on the board say. Shay, a whole lot of words and you didn't say anything. Well, my mind rambles, and that's why I've been doing memes lately. Right to the point. Almost no words, just a few. That's I don't right. recognize it. <laughs> yeah, everybody can understand it at that point. Um, well, let, let's let's get a couple guesses on here since we're back to guessing, uh, since it's probably, or we, we assume it not to be Riley at this point. Where does LSU go from here? I'm not going to ask you to make a prediction of who you think it's going to be, but like the names left, again, Presumably Jimbo, uh, Aranda hasn't signed his extension yet, so I'm sticking with the Baldy over here. On, that was my pick. And then Billy and you tried to, to shoot no, it down. No, Billy and... tried to do that. I did not try to do that. Billy was the one who tried to come at you with, the, hey, there's reports out there that Aranda uh, is staying. Was that what it was? It reports that he was saying what happened? That It was time? both. I think it was, to my memory, it was both that he is intending to stay and they offered him an extension okay. or they're re, re, you know, restructuring the deal and everything yeah. like that. So he's and probably. Billy had heard that before like Dellinger and them had put it out. Yeah. Like, I think I think it must have been leaking out of Waco around that time of, hey, look, I plan to stay and they're working on a new deal for me. Um, so yeah, so then you put in Aranda and then the next morning Billy comes with that, but exactly. You can stick with it. Yeah. He hasn't signed anything. Yeah. 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 So let's, let's just throw out here, Jimbo, Aranda. I mean, Campbell, like I said, has been linked to some USC stuff. Like you said, Kip, we haven't heard anything on Kiffin. I don't think Kiffin's, um, has been targeted or talked to at all. I mean, then you go down the list and it's like, you know, Matt rule, Mark Stoops, Mario Cristobal, even though I don't know how, realistic crystal ball is or has been and now you got me looking through the uh what's the award for the broils award for like top assistants being like i mean i'm just i'm looking for any names i can find out here because like you said it's not normal for a coach to go from a high power job to another high power job 
a lot of it, Lincoln Riley was an assistant at OU and then became the head coach. Like it's a lot of that type of stuff. Dabo so, was an assistant, became the head coach. Exactly. Exactly. And then he so, was an assistant, became the head coach. Exactly. So I, I don't want to narrow it down to be like, oh, it can only be Mario Cristobal or Lane Kiffin or something like that. I'm, I'm starting to look for assistance now, and that's not a bad thing. There's plenty of assistance. Sam Pittman at Arkansas, man. I mean, look what he's done. You can go down the list. Really? Yeah, you could go down the list. And so it might be time to start expanding our horizons just as far as who we're looking at. That doesn't mean I'm going to write up like 30 coaching evaluations over the next three days, but it's just to start expanding a little bit. I'm, I'm, that's what I'm interested in seeing. I have to think if we're to believe that – the Riley stuff, which I do, I don't think they were ever like close to the finish line with Riley or any of that in the past week. So if we're to assume that, in that time we've seen Scott Woodward know the season's ending. He's been out duck hunting with Clyde edwards Elair. He's been on the sidelines of the game, all smiles. After the game, he was on the field hugging all the players and, um, you know, high-fiving. I mean, I saw him with Mason Smith and – a lot of the young guys on the team, Garrett Nussmeyer, high-fiving them all after the game. And we talked to BJ – I talked to BJ Jolari after the game, and he was sort of by himself just standing um, outside the locker room, like where we do interviews, and no one else was talking to him, so I went up to him. And I asked him, I was like, well, what's it like? You're one of the better young players on the team. Like, what's your mentality of going through a coaching change? And he said, look, Mr. Scott Woodward's told some guys on the team that we're going to like the hire – we're going to be happy with it. And I've got full faith in him. I'm just excited to see, you know, who it is whenever he reveals it. And if you're out duck hunting and you're telling players they're going to like the hire and we've read all everyone say, Oh, look, boosters are being told to love the hire. And I think that was part of people saying, Oh, it must be Lincoln then yeah. um, because they were putting to trying to put together two and two to get four, as you noted, if he's doing all that, it doesn't look like he's sweating. So I have to think that whatever he's had going on over the past couple few weeks maybe or even over the past week he's got faith in panning out or he's confident that he's going in the right direction or he's maybe already got something done we don't know but he doesn't look to me like the type of ad who's out there scrambling you know we haven't heard anything about you know what his actions behind the scenes have been like and how you know, this coach won't even get a phone call back or now they're on to option number 15 we haven't heard any of that We've seen Woodward be quiet for a month and a half. And then over the past week, duck hunting with players, you know, out celebrating on the field after the game, all smiles. And I don't know if I should expect differently, but it just comes off to me as someone who has things under control or that he, whatever direction he wants to go in, he feels like he's moving in the right direction. He's going to make a good hire and he's confident in it. So like I said, we can criticize or praise it after it happens and, and even more down the line and we see how that coach actually pans out and what the win-loss record looks like. But I'm it's tough for me to even say, like, are we thinking NFL? Or are we like are we even like on the right track here? As you noted, is just guessing really notable head college coaches like the right approach? Should we be looking at NFL coaches? Should we be looking at coordinators? You know, is it someone who's – you know, a, a Chris Peterson, who's obviously an awesome coach. I mean, he's a top 10 coach of the 2000s. He's not even in coaching right now. Obviously, Woodward hired him from Boise to go to Washington. And, and he's I think a lot of LSU fans would think that Chris Peterson's a great coach because he is. But I mean, we're not talking about him because he's not even coaching anywhere. So like, yeah, maybe it is time we need to expand our guesses. But even then, it's just guesses. Like you said, 
If we do that, then we get into a pool where we're like, okay, I've got 45 guys written down that it could be. I wonder. Yeah, that next hot board is going to be crazy, man. Oh, no, I'm not doing 40 that. 40 names, baby. Just <laughs> This isn't fun for me or anyone, I don't think. I, I hope Scott Woodward's having fun. Oh, I, I don't. Yeah, like you said, he's, he hasn't locked himself in his Maybe office. Like, base, no fun right now. No, <laughs> no fun. No, because especially with the, the Lincoln smoke, the Lincoln smoke just made it be like, all right, well, if it's not into fans, this is how it felt. It was like, all right, well, if it's not Lincoln, that was the home run swing. And now it's either a strikeout or like a single or something. And like they don't want single because a single feels like or a double feels like Mark Stoops and nobody on at least on Twitter and our message boards wants Mark Stoops. So it's like where you go from here is really interesting. And I, I just think there's at this point. I mean, I, like I said, I think Jimbo, Aranda, sure, Campbell are still very viable targets that can and probably that yeah, can be top targets on his list. But after that, I, I think it's just going to be a total, a total roll of the dice. And from from our perspective, looking in on it, obviously not for him. He has his targets that he's going to go after. But like you go down the list of coaches and you're just like. I was looking at a list of 100, all 130 head coaches, and I'm over here like oh, Jeremy Chadwell, uh, Chip Kelly, Bill Clark, and I'm just I'm just the BYU head coach. I'm just rolling down names. I'm like, oh, he'd be good. He'd be good. I I don't know. You I'm, could guess. We could guess all day. I think too. It's been tight lipped, and like I said, all I've really been able to get is, yeah, don't go too far down that path, right? And yeah. when all the O'Brien and Stoop stuff all came out, it was told to me. Look, if don't I'm not expecting it to be those people. And if it gets to a Mark Stoops, he's pretty far down the list. They would have missed on a lot of guys. And and look, if you're hiring Mark Stoops, maybe he's a great coach. I, I'm not saying that. I don't I don't know if they're hiring Mark Stoops, and I don't think they're hiring Mark Stoops. But if you're hiring Mark Stoops for this job, that means you missed on some people. So I do definitely believe he was he's not number one on any list. He'd be further down. What we don't know is who is number one on the list. What was it Jimbo? Was it Lincoln? Was it someone else that we're not talking about right now? Who's number two? Who's number three? How many people are ahead of Mark Stoops? And because of that, you know, we don't know even where to begin guessing. Like, I, I just couldn't tell you because I don't know. And yeah. nobody that I really trust is telling me anything. And everyone that usually has really good info isn't being told anything because their sources don't know right now. So, it's it's just a guessing game. Now, anyone's guess is as good as mine. It was very easy for fans to say, let's get excited over Lincoln Riley. Like, at least that could seem like a possibility. Well, now that it seems clear that it's not, it's like meltdown mode and panic. And, and I just – I guess I'm not there, uh, but I also sh- can't fully tell you not to be there because I have no clue where they're at their search. I don't know what their priority yeah. list looks like. I don't know who's going to get hired, but I would just have to guess – that there's not a need to melt quite yet. Yeah. Well, uh, I won't go too much longer. I'm just interested to see who the next candidate is that's going to be like breaking Twitter. Like I, I feel like that's that's in like next week on like Friday. Gonna, it's just gonna be name like, no more Twitter. Just name I'm them. Telling you someone on Twitter is gonna throw throw something out there, and everyone's gonna run with it again. It's gonna be part two of Lincoln, except with like a lesser name, and good or bad, I don't know. Um, but this was good. I, you give obviously the, the information, the, the stuff people need to know. I'm here as like a backboard to like, just bring it back to you. And I thought we got a lot done here. That was really good. Um, for more of Shay's, um, 
tidbits and information. I mean, he's done a great job with this coaching surf, uh, search, all VIP stuff on our board. You can get this faster. You can get this more thorough. Um, when there is something to bite on, it, the board will be the first one to know. Uh, subscribers of Go 24-7 will be the first to know. So become a subscriber. Uh, I believe you can do the first month for a dollar. Actually, we're still running our Cyber Monday special, 75% off of annual VIP deals. So check that out. Um, but yeah, wherever you listen to this podcast, follow it, send to a friend, uh, rate it if you can, leave us five stars on Apple, uh, follow us on Twitter at go247, follow us on Twitter at Shay Dixon and at Matthew Bruni underscore. We appreciate y'all for listening and buckle up because it's not over yet. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.